So over the past few weeks, we've been going through a series called How to Defend Your Faith and Stay Friends. And this morning, I want to finish off a discussion that we actually started last week. Emily was running through a series of questions or statements about Christians being judgmental and intolerant. And we started to look at Matthew chapter 7. We looked at verses 1 and 2. In Matthew chapter 7, 1 and 2, Jesus says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So the question we started looking at is, what is, that, what is he actually teaching? What is Jesus actually teaching? Because people throw that around all the time. Judge not, lest ye be judged. The moment you, you make a judgment or the moment you use discernment, you know, someone will say, well, Jesus said, judge not, lest ye be judged. So what is Jesus actually teaching? Well, he's going through the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is primarily condemning hypocrisy. He's condemning hypocrisy. The Bible command not, not to judge others doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we can't show discernment or confront sinful behavior. That's not what Jesus was talking about. We know that because right after Jesus says this, right after Jesus says, judge not, okay, judge not, do not judge. He says in Matthew chapter 7 in verse 6, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. And then later on uh, in the same sermon, he says to watch out for false teachers. And he says that you'll know them by their fruit in verses 15 and 16 of the same chapter so how how then how can you discern um, who the false teachers are who the false prophets are who the pigs are who the dogs are unless you have the ability to make judgments how do you discern who a false teacher is or a false prophet how do you discern jesus says don't don't you know don't offer your pigs to don't offer your pearls to, to swine or to to pigs how do you know who those those people are how do you know those situations jesus clearly gives us permission to tell right from wrong in these verses jesus clearly gives us permission to discern right from wrong also the bible's command not to judge doesn't mean that all actions are morally equal or that that truth is relative Your truth is your truth because you believe it. My truth is my truth because I believe that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible clearly teaches that truth is objective, that truth is absolute, and that is inseparable from the character of God. Inseparable. Truth is objective. It is absolute. So I want you to, as we kind of process through this, I want you to, I want you to think this through with me. The law of non-contradiction says a truth's opposite cannot also be true. A truth's opposite cannot also be true. So anything that contradicts the truth is a lie. A truth's opposite cannot also be true. Anything that contradicts the truth is a lie. But if we call something a lie, aren't we making a judgment? But the law of non-contradiction said the truth's opposite cannot also be true. So when you, if something is not true, it's by definition of a lie. But if you make 
if you call something a lie, aren't you making a judgment? To call adultery or murder or child abuse wrong or sinful, isn't that making a judgment? When Jesus said not to judge others, he didn't mean that we couldn't identify sinful behavior. As long as that is based upon God's definition of sin. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying we cannot identify sinful behavior. We cannot use our discernment. It's not what he's trying to say here. Think about it. There's a book in the Bible called Judges. Right? Jesus, God, actually put together, if you will, he called together, he raised up judges in the Old Testament. In Judges chapter 2 and verse 18. In saying, do not judge, Jesus is not saying, do whatever you want and no one's ever going to call you out on it. Because that's how people use it. You just do whatever you want and Jesus is saying, judge not, lest he be judged. So do what you want and no one can ever call you out on it. To drive that point home... That that's not what he's saying. I'm going to read you from John chapter 7 and verse 24. Jesus says this, Stop judging by mere appearance, but instead judge correctly. Stop judging by mere appearance, but instead judge correctly. What Jesus is saying is there's a right way to judge, and there's a wrong way to judge. So let's start out here with the right way to use judgment. What is the right way for us, for anyone, to use judgment? Number one, the Bible says we need to clearly discern truth when we use our judgment. We need to clearly discern truth when we use our judgment. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 21 it says this, But test them all. Hold on to what is good. Test them all. In order to test something, you have to make a judgment. Test them all. Hold on to what is good. We need to clearly process through and weigh our thoughts before we speak. We can't just willy-nilly throw things out there. You need to use your mind. You need to clearly think through and weigh what you're about to say. Make sure it's based upon the Word of God. Hold on to what is good. Make sure that your judgments are based upon the Word of God and not your opinions or your feelings. That's what, that's the problem here. Basing your, when you judge someone else, most of our judgments are based upon our feelings or our opinions. So I want you to think about this for a second. If you believe that truth is relative, your truth is your, is your truth because you believe it, and my truth is my truth because I believe it, your truth then has no foundation. And when you make judgments, you're basing that upon your opinion or your feelings, which is what Jesus is condemning. So when you say something to someone, that person says, well, Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. They believe that truth is, most people believe that, like, believe that truth is relative. If truth is relative, then your truth has no foundation. And it's based upon your feelings and opinions. And that is exactly what Jesus is condemning. So when you say, when the person says, judge not lest ye be judged, their, their foundation, they're not even standing on a foundation. There's no foundation. It's a foundation of sand. 
Because if you say all truth is relative, that's exactly what Jesus is condemning here. That you would judge someone based upon your feelings or your opinions. That's something we need to, you know, sometimes we just need to, to, to think these things all the way through. It's so important. It's so important. Next, number two, we need to share the whole truth. Guys, we need to share the whole truth. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 27, it says this, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. The whole truth, the whole will of God includes, includes what the Bible says about sin. But see, that's where it leads us into trouble sometimes, because people don't want to hear the whole truth. And I'm not talking about people out there, I'm talking about people in here, right? Sometimes we don't want to hear, we don't want to hear the whole truth. But 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 says, preach the word, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So he's basically saying, tell the whole truth, share the whole truth. Correct, rebuke, encourage. All those things, you have to make judgments. See, okay, so you need to speak the truth. We got that part down. That's no problem. But then don't miss the second part of that, that verse. We cannot miss the second part of that verse. This is really important because it has to do with attitude. It has to do with our attitude. It says, speak the truth with patience. Speak the truth with patience. The Bible says to to gently confront your brothers or sisters in Christ. And not only, I think it applies across the board. It's not only your brothers and sisters in Christ, but you need to speak with patience and speak with gentleness and respect to everyone that you interact with. That's what Jesus is saying here. In Galatians 6.1, it says, Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. We need to remember the attitude of the heart here. This is about the attitude of the heart. Number three, we also need to speak the truth in love. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. If <laughs> Now... If you're going to, this is important, if you're going to speak the truth in love, then you need to be able to receive the truth. You know, people have no problem saying, yeah, yeah, I got that. Well, speak the truth in love. If you're going to speak the truth into someone's life, if you are taking that as a responsibility that you're going to speak truth into someone's life, then each of us, I should be able to receive truth. We need to be willing to hear constructive judgment from other people. We need to be open to hearing that kind of constructive judgment. Here's the thing. Jesus invited people to judge him. He invited people. Jesus Christ invited people to judge him. In John chapter 7, verses 14 through 24, he told people to judge him. Why? Because he knew he was in the right. And he said, basically, I know I'm in the right. Judge away. I know I'm in the right. And if you use proper judgment, if you use righteous judgment, if you use honest judgment, you're going to see that. Go ahead and judge me. Go ahead and judge me. But here's the thing. We're not Jesus. We are not Jesus. So we're not always... You may think you're always right, but you're not. 
We are wrong sometimes. And that's, that is so, so important to grow, to learn. You need to take constructive criticism. You need to be able to be corrected or admonished. If you want to become more like Jesus Christ, if you want to grow in your faith, you need, I don't care if you're younger, you're a teenager, you're older, you need to be able to take correction. You need to be able to have someone admonish you. You need to be able to have someone come along and point things out in your life where you need to grow. This is, this is, this is ties into exactly what Jesus is saying. Be careful you start judging other people when you yourself are not in that place. You're not willing to take that truth yourself. You're not willing to grow in that area of yourself. If you're not going to grow in that area of yourself, then don't judge someone else for it. But he's challenging us. He wants us to grow, to learn. And if we're going to grow and learn, we need to, 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 to be corrected and admonished. Sometimes, here's the thing. Sometimes, I, I, I need someone to come along and take that beam, help me take that beam out of my eye. All right? To point out that I've got things in my life that where, where I need to change, where I need to grow. We need that. We have a beam in our eye and someone needs to point it out. If we want to become more like Christ, we need to be open to constructive criticism and to judgment. If it is based on the truth of God's word. If it's not, then you don't have to respond to it. But if it's based upon the truth of God's word, we need to be open to it. And that's part of the problem. That it's the arrogance and the, it's, it's the lack of humility. And when someone points something, that's why people say, judge not. Jesus said, judge not, lest ye be judged. Because we don't want to hear it. Listen to Proverbs 12.1, speaking to every single one of us who doesn't want to hear it. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but, but he who hates reproof is stupid. See, we, you can use the word stupid if it's biblical, okay? <laughs> he who loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. You're not using your mind. We need to be open to reproof. We need to be open to constructive criticism. We need to be open when someone righteously judges us and points something out in our lives. And here's the thing. Listen to this. Instead of telling people not to judge you, right? Instead of that, why don't you just start asking whether their judgment is correct or right? Instead of, instead of telling people right away, oh, don't judge me. You can't judge me. Who are you to judge me? Instead of that, why not ask, why not take a step back, self-reflection, and ask yourself, is that judgment right? Hey, if it's not right, okay, ignore it. I get people all the time telling me things. They email this or that or the other thing, and, and they're saying this. And, and if it's not correct, if I'm flat out not right, I show to other people and everything, oh, that's, that's not true. I ignore it. But if it's true... I need to own that. I need to grow from that. I need, to, I need to become more like Christ. I need to repent of it. And I need to change. But see, it's, it's arrogance that keeps us where we are. Someone's been, some, sometimes people point things out. Your parents have pointed out. Your spouse has pointed it out. Your kids have pointed it out. Your family members have pointed it out. Your boss has pointed it out. Everyone's pointed it out. It's like, whoa, that's just not true. That's not, and you hold your ground. Why? Change. If the judgment is right, repent of that and change. 
You're a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. It's constantly, right? God is chipping, chipping, chipping away to make you a more perfect vessel. It's okay. It's okay for me to, to do things and, and behave in certain ways. Not okay for me, but it's okay for me when people point it out and I change. That's all right. That's just called growing in your relationship with Christ. So what type of judgment is Jesus actually condemning here? We talked about the right way to judge. What is Jesus actually condemning here? All right, number one, judging people solely on appearance is wrong. When you judge people solely on appearance, that is completely wrong. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at, People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We do this all the time, don't we? We do it all the time. There's uh, Simon the Pharisee. Simon the Pharisee was judging this woman in, in, Luke, in, in Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 50. Simon the Pharisee is judging this woman based upon her appearance and her past. Her reputation. So he's judging her on her appearance and her, and her past reputation. Not realizing that this woman had been forgiven. And so Jesus calls him out on it. Jesus rebukes him for his unrighteous judgment. Judging people. We judge people by appearance. All the time. And it's something that needs to stop. We, we'll, we'll often will judge. Uh, I know there's studies done that if they hold, have, show a picture of this teacher and that teacher. And they ask little kids or they ask children, which is the nice teacher and which is the mean teacher? The person who's more attractive, that's the nice teacher. In, in almost all cases. It's something we need to fight against. Because we do it all the time. Let me give you an example. Let me show you a video and give you an example. Hi, what's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, uh, Susan, uh, where are you from? I am from Blackburn, near Bathgate, West Lothian. Uh, it's a big town. It's a sort of collection of... It's a collection of... Uh, villages. I just think there. And how old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just one side of me. Okay, what's the dream? I, I'm trying to be a professional singer. And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? Well, I've never been given the chance before, but here's hoping it'll change. Okay, and who would you like to be as successful as? Elaine Page. Elaine Page. Like what are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from the Miserables. Okay. Big song. <laughs> yeah? Yes.
you very much, uh, Susan Piers. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on this show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, I, I want to be like a lame page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning. An incredible performance. Amazing. I'm reeling from shock about you two, but... I am so thrilled because I know that everybody was against you. I honestly think that we were all being very cynical and I think that's the biggest wake-up call ever. And I just want to say that it was a complete privilege listening to that. It was instant. Right? Honestly, we should look into our own hearts because we do this all the time. With people all the time. This is what Jesus is condemning. Number two, we should, st- we should not judge others before we have all the facts. Let me, let me share an illustration. There's a story of a wise man who got up very early to go on a canoe trip and to pray. While he was traveling in his boat, he saw a man lying in a woman's lap with an empty alcohol bottle on the ground next to him. He thought to himself, what a sinful man. Staying up all night drinking and lying in that woman's lap. As he was thinking those negative thoughts, he heard the voice of another man yelling for help. The man was drowning. Before he could get to him, the man lying in the woman's lap woke up, jumped into the water, and saved his life. The wise man paddled over to see if the drowning man was okay. When he got there, he talked to the man that he had judged. He said to him, who are you and why are you here so early? The man replied, I'm a fisherman. And I was out fishing for days. I was tired and hungry and thirsty. After my long journey, and finally I reached my village early this morning, my mother was watching, and she saw me coming, and she brought me food and water. But what about the bottle of alcohol, the wise man said. He replied, well, that was the only bottle my mother could find, and so she cleaned it out, and she filled it up with water. After eating and drinking, I was so tired I fell asleep on her lap. It was such a sweet rest after my long journey. Proverbs 18:13 says, "To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame, and we do it, don't we? We don't listen to all the information, we don't get all the facts. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Number 3, hypocritical judgment is wrong. This is what Jesus is talking about. Like I said earlier, when Jesus tells us not to judge, the context, the, that's so important when we're studying the Word of God. People love to pull verses out. Judge not, lest you be judged. They pull things, they pull it out of context, and they use it in the wrong way. What is the context in which Jesus says that? The context surrounding that are warnings against hypocrisy. This is important. This is, you need to listen here. His, his warnings against hypocrisy, that is the context. Look at what he says right before this passage that we're studying. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, right? Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Look at what he says in Matthew chapter 6, 2. It's all one long sermon here. He says this. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it like with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. To be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 5. And 
when you pray, do not pray like hypocrites who love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others that they're fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. He was condemning hypocrisy. He was confronting hypocrisy. In Romans chapter 2 verse 1, he tells us to, to point out other people's sin while we're committing the same, we're, we're committing the same sin If we do that, when you point out someone else's sin, when you judge someone else's sin, why you yourself are are sinning in the exact same way, you're condemning yourself. He says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you, you who pass judgment do the same things. You do the same things. He's saying, get your life in order. Grow in your relationship with me. Strive for righteousness and holiness. That's what he's saying. Now look at the passage right after Jesus says, don't judge. This is the passage right after we, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Now let's read 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? He says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Listen, if you've fallen asleep, wake up. Okay, you have to hear this part. This is so important to what he's saying. This is so important. Jesus is saying you need to fix the plank in your own eye. You need to fix the sin in your own life. Why? 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 Why is he saying that? We miss this completely. So you can help other people deal with the struggles and sins in their lives so they become the best version of themselves. So they can become the person that God created them to be. We use this completely wrong. Even Christians get it all backward. Listen to what he's saying here. He's saying, in in other words, get so good, get so good at self-reflection and change that you can help others grow in their relationship with God. Get so good at self-reflection and change. When, you're, when you see a sin in your life, you're getting so good at self When someone points out to you, when someone actually judges you in the right way, you say, is this correct judgment? If it is, you're self-reflecting. Yes, they're right. I've heard this from my parents. I've heard it from my siblings. I've heard it, and I'm going to now change. You become so good at self-reflection and change, you help others grow closer to God. Listen to the verse. It says this. So that, why, why do you take, why do you take the plank out of your own eye? Take the plank out of your own eye. You can't judge anyone else. That's not what it says. Listen to what it says. So that you can see clearly to remove, not ignore. It doesn't say ignore the speck. So that you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That is righteous judgment. Ever try, have you ever tried to take a little speck of something out of someone's eye? Blindfolded? Ever try to take a speck out of someone's eye when you just got poked in your own eye? 
let me see, I mean, you know, your eyes watering. No, no, you take the plank out of your own eye. You change, you, tra- you transform your life based upon what other righteous people are telling you. You take the speck out of your own eye so that you can see clearly. Am I, am I off here at all? Doesn't it take you clear sight to, to, to say, oh, 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 yeah, I see it, I see it. Just hold your eye. How about, hey, how about I give you, how about I give you a, something really pokey and metal and I let you, you, let you go after it while you're like, can't see. Am I going to let you do that? Are you going to let me take a, a pin or something and go after something? Pete, can I, can I stick a pin in your eye while I'm not really seeing very good? No. See? Unsolicited testimony. Well, unsolicited, but testimonial. No. No. This is good stuff, man. This is good. This is good. Jesus is helping us out. Take the plank. Don't be a hypocrite. Take the plank out of your own eye. Deal with yourself first so that you can help the other person who's struggling with sin in their lives so they can become the the best version of themselves. They can be conformed to the image of Christ so they can fulfill the purpose for which God created them. This is good stuff. This is amazing. Number four, self-righteous judgment is wrong. Self-righteous judgment is wrong. As believers, we are called to follow the example of Jesus Christ and be humble. In James chapter 4 and verse 6 it says, But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. In the parable of the tax collector, in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, listen to what it says. And again, I said, what did I say before? You want to judge not, lest you be judged. How do you understand that? You look at the context. What you also do when you're studying scripture, now hear this, this is important. When you're saying, what does that mean? First, you look at the context of what the, why that passage is being said. What, what's the context in which it's said? Next, the history. What was the culture at the time? What was, what were the false teachers saying? What was going on at the time? You can learn those things. So you look at that. When Jesus was saying this, when this was written, you had Pharisees and Sadducees walking around literally saying, they walk around saying, I thank God that I'm not like that guy. I thank God they would pray. There's a prayer that said, I thank God that I'm not a Gentile. They thought they had it. They thought they were here and everybody else was here. And, and that, you know what? The attitude of the heart was awful. The arrogance was dripping. So Jesus tells this parable. He says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness, he looked down on, who looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers and evildoers and adulterers or even like this tax collector guy over here. Over here is my added, you know. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Self-righteous judgment is wrong. 
It's the attitude of the heart. You cannot go and judge other people when you're, you're just so self-righteous. The holier-than-thou attitude. Jesus is saying, that's wrong. Number five, falsely judging someone is wrong. Falsely judging someone is wrong. Before I get into this, I, when, when people were leaving, they said, boy, this is timely. I can't believe how timely this was. I wrote this sermon way before this whole Kavanaugh thing. I want to say that up front, okay? Falsely judging someone is wrong. The Bible clearly forbids, clearly forbids false witness when judging people with a false witness. Proverbs 19.5 says this, A false witness will not go unpunished. Let me ask you a question. Is God, I want an answer. I want a verbal answer. Is God a liar? No, no I, I, that's not everybody. Is God a liar? No. no. Okay, so let's read that again. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will not go free. We need to take that very seriously, guys. We, we, we don't, don't think about outside what's going on out. We, as believers in Jesus Christ, need to take this very seriously. If you're in junior high or you're in high school and you're gossiping about people, you heard this, you heard that. So what you're doing is you don't, you don't have all the information. What do we talk about what Jesus said you shouldn't do? Don't start talking until you have all the information. Don't be judging other people. Well, I saw him sitting over and laying on a woman's lap. Don't gossip about people in school. And even, even if it's true, even if what, they're, if you, what you learn is true, the only way you should sit down and share that information is, is with the other person in a way that will help them grow and change. Because what does it say? A false witness will not go unpunished and whoever pours out lies will not go free. We need to take this, we need to take this very seriously. Tim, uh, Titus 3.2 reminds us of this. To slander no one. To be peaceable and considerate and to always be gentle toward everyone. Wraps it up again, right? Be be peaceable. Be considerate. Always be gentle toward everyone. When we interact with people, that's how we should live our lives. Let me close with this story. There was an old man who lived in a small town who was very judgmental of a younger man who he just didn't like. He told everyone that the guy was a thief and a liar. One night... Someone stole the small town statue that was so important, and the young man was blamed. When they finally caught the real thief, the young man sued the old man for bearing false witness. In court, the old man told the judge, all I did was share my thoughts with people. No harm was done. So the judge told the old man, write down everything you said about the young man on a piece of paper. Cut it up and throw the pieces on the ground as you walk home. The next day at the sentencing, the judge said, first, before we do anything else, go and gather the piece of paper I told you to drop yesterday. The old man went out, but could only find a few pieces of paper. He said, I could only find uh, some of the paper. The wind has blown most of it away. The judge replied in the same way, when you destroy someone's honor with your words they may never be able to completely recover all the pieces and fully restore their reputation as i was going through this sermon as i was studying this sermon i read over and over and over and over again people who were falsely accused people who were falsely accused and they spent years and years in prison it was heartbreaking to read so many accounts of people accusing people of this or accusing people of that or saying this person stole this or did that. And these people went to prison. 
When we judge people, listen to this, this is important. When we judge people, we need to understand God, God the Father is watching us. He is watching and He will judge us in the same way that we judge other people. That's what Jesus is saying here. We need to be very, very, very careful when we judge other people because God is watching and God will judge us with the same attitude and the same, well not the same attitude, but the same way that we judge other people. Jesus was saying, this is what he was saying, remember, remember that, remember what I just said about God judging you like you judge other people, remember that. Before you decide to thoughtlessly and carelessly judge someone else. It's a weak, we can make judgments. It's okay to use your discernment. But we need to do it with the right attitude, with the right heart. We need to do it with, with, with clarity of thought and mind. Before we say something, make sure what we're saying is correct. And then say it directly to that person. To help grow, help that person grow and develop into the person that God created them to be. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Judgment is sometimes very, very good in how it helps us to become the people we were created to be. But if we use it in the wrong way, any of us use it in the wrong way, don't just sit back and read this and go, yeah, yeah, God's going to judge you the same way you judge others. It's a warning. It's a warning. God will punish those who judge other people in the same way that you've judged that person. We need to take that seriously. And, we need to, and when people bring this up, we need to, we need to sit down and, and present the truth to them in such a way not to beat them in an argument, but to help them to see, to help them to grow into the person that God has developed and created them to be. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for this just challenging morning you've given to us, Lord God. When we study your word, it's so alive and it, it, there's so much more there than just pulling something out of context and throwing it around. There's so much depth. There's so much truth. I pray that my heart and our hearts were challenged this morning to become the people that you've designed and created us to be. To look into our own hearts, to receive that truth. When people pointed out to, to us that we receive the truth, the whole truth, that we would repent, that we would change, so that we can help others to become more like you. We love you, we praise you, we thank you for this time that we can spend together. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great week.